Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Tennis Fanalyst Podcast. I'm Marcus Ali and we're going to be talking you through the latter stages of the tournament in sunny Paris, the city of romance. And that brings me nicely on to my co-host, as always, stuck inside uh, all too much at the moment, but he's going to be able to uh, vent some frustration on the ATP tour this morning. How are you doing, Michael Gillett? Cool. It's one of the best intros I've, I've ever had. The city of romance leading it on to Michael Gillett. Not sure about that. Um, yeah, no, I'm enjoying Paris, to be honest, even though I have been stuck inside a little bit. Um, I've, I've watched some really good matches in Paris, which I'm sure we're, we're going to go on to talk about. So, um, yeah, you know, it's nice to, uh, to be talking about something like that I have been thoroughly enjoying this week. I agree. There's been some excellent matches so far and it's building up nicely to a big crescendo towards the end of the tournament. So let's get into the podcast. So to kick it off, we're just going to preview each of the quarterfinals um, that will be taking place today, I believe. So should have our, our semi-finalists set up for the weekend. Um, just to go through them quickly, we've got Rafael Nadal versus Pablo Carreno Busta, Sasha Zverev versus Stan Wawrinka, and uh, Diego Schwartzman versus Daniil Medvedev, and then finally Milos Raonic versus Ugo Umber. After a tricky, tricky last week, Michael's um, comfortably beating me. You'd have to say he's in, he's in pole position on the tennis draw challenge dot com. Should uh, Ugo Umber beat Milos Raonic? Um, well, well, there's three possibilities that Michael just needs one person to win to uh, to confirm this crown. So he needs Ugo Umber to beat Milos Raonic. He also needs Zverev to beat Vavrenka, and then he needs Medvedev to beat Diego Schwartzman. I need all three of those not to happen. So looking quite a long shot as it stands, um, but you know I'll I'll clutch at these straws if I can. Um, but just to look on to the first quarterfinal. Well, actually, I'm not sure of the order of play, but I'm going to go from the top of the draw. And it's, it's the all-Spanish affair of Nadal versus Carreno Busta. Um, Nadal looks a little bit shaky in his first match beat Feliciano Lopez in three sets, a 39-year-old who impressively got past Filip Krajinovic, um, a player that we like in, uh, in the indoor circuit in the first round. And then, um, yeah, pushed, pushed Nadal quite a lot. He took the first set and then took the second set to a tie-break. But Rafa managed to wrestle his way through that match but it was was very interesting to see some some good form from the 39 year old Lopez shows that he's got some miles left in the tank you know he's not a player that we want to see uh, retire anytime soon he's um, good good to watch the Spaniard and then getting past Jordan Thompson in two sets I think Jordan Thompson beat Borden Chorich of course in uh, in one of the first matches so the Australian obviously coming into that match on some quite good form. Um, moving on to Corinne Busta, most recently a, a US Open semi-finalist and French Open quarter-finalist. He hasn't dropped a set yet, I believe. No, no, yeah. Won all matches in straights. So that was against Hugo Gaston, Jean-Leonard Struff and Norbert Gombos, who knocked out David Goffin. It was a player that we, um, we, we both had to meet Nadal in this quarter-final. But so just ahead of the match, you know, um, we were just discussing before that um, Nadal has a six-to-love head-to-head record against Corona Busta. Even though Corona hasn't dropped a set so far in the tournament, can you see any other outcome coming from this one? 
Uh, I, I think it's definitely possible. Um, Nadal does struggle on indoor courts. Um, I think I mentioned last week that Paris uh, is one of the few tournaments Nadal has, has never won. Uh, and that coming along with the tour finals uh, at the O2, so both indoor tournaments that Nadal has never won. Um, so I think that's always got to be remembered. Um, he's, it's hard to know where Nadal's at because he's had two very contrasting matches so far, as, as you say. Um, really taken to the wire against Feliciano Lopez, who, who of course still does have a lot left in the tank. But I do think at 39 years old, being the more grass court style player that, that Lopez is, I, I would have expected Nadal to come through that a lot more comfortably. Um, but but then in the next round, Nadal absolutely blitzed Jordan Thompson. I think it, it was at the ex, uh, expense of just a handful of games. So, um, yeah, I think it, it's hard to know, really. Um, Nadal obviously has to go in clear favourite to, to beat Krenjabista, but I think since the restart, I think we both agreed uh, that Krenjabista's probably playing his best tennis uh, yet that we've seen in his career. So maybe it's the best chance he's, he's got to uh, to beat Nadal. Um, being on an indoor court as well, but uh, yeah, I, I would I would have to bat Nadal, of course, uh, to win it in straight sets, but uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't write uh, his compatriot off. I'm going to differ a little bit from that. I'm going to go for Nadal to win in three sets. Um, yeah, I think Carino has got the game and, and the form to be at least good, as good as Lopez in that match. Um, important to note, you just said about the Thompson match. He actually managed to force Nadal to a, a tie-break in, in the second set after losing the first set 6-1. So maybe Nadal put the brakes on a little bit after winning the first set so comfortably. But... Um, you know, Thompson pushing him to the tiebreak is at least something to hold on to for the Aussie. And I think Carino can definitely match that. Um, if, you know, if, if Nadal gets pushed to a tiebreak against those two players, you'd think Carino could do a little bit better. And yeah, I, I, uh, to be honest, I still stick with my predictions, even though my tournament winner and the player that I had to knock out Nadal is out in Rublev. I still see the rest of the of the field as strong and stronger than Nadal on this surface. Um, so I'll go with Nadal in three sets. But moving on to the next uh, semi-final, and this involves Sasha Zverev and Stan Wawrinka, another one with a very one-sided head-to-head record, 3-0 to the German it is. And uh, he's been on an excellent run, Sasha Zverev, winning those two titles in Cologne. And now, well, grinded his way past Adrian Manorino last night. It was a quite an epic match. He won it 7-6-6-7-6-4 in the end against the Frenchman who got to the final of Nassaltan last week, of course. And when Zverev said after the game, he said that every time he plays Manorino is a big test. I think he's gone to three sets and four sets in a, in a slam before. So he was just happy to really get that one out of the way. I mean, it was, yeah, he really had to grind it out. He wasn't, wasn't serving his best, but... I feel like Manorino might just be one of those bogey players that Zverev can't really get on top of him. Um, and so getting the win is is um, is as much as, as he needed, really, for uh, for motivation and, and belief going, in, going into the rest of the tournament. And he comes up against Vavrenko, of course, knocked out Andre Rublev guttingly last night in, uh, in three sets. 
the Russian, the impressive Russian, won the first set six one against Stan and um, looks looks imperious in in doing so, for losing six four six four I think in the, in the last two sets, and it was it was a bit a bit of a struggle. It was a very good performance from from Stan. He uh, he broke right at the start of of the third set, went went two love up, and then just held serve to uh, to, to seal it. And um, it was a really impressive performance. I, we were talking just before, um, obviously, my champion going out. Um, so it was a little bit hard to take. Um, but I think Vavrenka just made him play points that he didn't really want to. Um, Rublev couldn't really impose himself on the last couple of sets like he has been blowing away everyone he's been playing in the last couple of weeks, really. And, um, yeah, I think it was just... Someone with a bit more experience, someone who was uh, a bit more clever and on the big points. Zverev was able to, um, Zverev, I mean, Vavrenka was able to sort of bank bank on his backhand, bank on his serve, whereas Rublev was a little bit more inconsistent. Um, I, I don't think he was physically fatigued, even though he's played a lot of tennis, but possibly mentally. I was saying his, um, his point construction was a little bit off. Um, you know, he, he gave... He'd get ahead in the point and give Vavrenka too many opportunities on that all-famous backhand to get himself right back in the point and, and make it a lot more difficult for Rublev. So the Russian will have to take that, take that one on the chin, but he's booked himself at the 0-2 in a couple of weeks. So um, at least he's got that to take from this, and I'm sure he'll be preparing very hard for that. But no, an excellent win for, for Stan Vavrenka. Just a quick mention for one player he beat along the way. He was pushed to three sets before playing Rublev, so equally it could have been uh, it could have been Tommy Paul that um, Andre Rublev was facing in in the uh, in the last sixteen. But Vavrenka managed to come from a set down to win that one, just as he did against Rublev. So some impressive fighting spirit from the older uh, veteran Swiss player. Um, yeah, what what do you reckon you'll see when he comes up against an informed such as Vera? Yeah, it's really good to see Ravrinka uh, winning matches on, on the big stage. Um, I saw quite a bit of that match against Tommy Paul and I thought the American played really well, actually. I don't think Stan was, was at a low level or anything. Um, and uh, yeah, Zverev um, would be a tough match for him, but I think after coming through that match against Rublev, who was the informed player, uh, five titles this year, uh, the last one coming last week, and then the fourth coming just before that. So he's, you know, he's he's on a bit of a um, a train of momentum at the moment, uh, Rublev. And especially after winning the first set six one, I was I actually crashed quite early last night, and I was quite surprised to wake up this morning and see that Ravrinka had come back and won that match. So, um, so fantastic uh, result for Ravrinka. I think. You know, you say Rublev's qualified for the O2 now. I do wonder if maybe his priorities are on that. And I, not that he not really tanked this match, of course, but uh, I wonder if maybe the intensity level for this match could drop slightly because he knows that he has got uh, the O2 banked and lying there. But, um, yeah, a massive win for, for Stan Ravrinka. I think... Um, you, you you could definitely give him a really good shot at Sasha Zverev, though he's never beaten him before. Um, he has actually won a set uh, in every match he's played against Zverev. Uh, the most recent coming uh, at the Australian Open this year, which was in four sets. Um, 
the other two encounters were both three set matches, but on on um, best of three format. So um, yeah, I've, I think these two do really match up well together in in a, in a close affair, and I think. Zverev, though he is my tournament winner, and so for that reason I am going to stick with him, um, he wasn't entirely convincing yesterday against Malarino. I, I watched this match um, pretty much from the beginning, and, and Zverev was a little bit hot and cold at times. I think at times he served very well. At times he was hit finding the aces to really get him through the big moments, but, but like you said, he, he didn't serve brilliantly throughout the whole match. Um, and, and Manorino is a very stubborn opponent to come up against. Um, just, you know, w- wasn't going to let him get away with anything. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to stick with Zverev for this one as my winner, but I'm, I'm going to go for another match going the distance. So I'll go uh, Zverev going in three sets. Fair enough, I'm going to disagree with you and I'm going to go for Stan Havrenka in three sets. Um which is maybe a little bit controversial to say Zverev is on a 10-match winning streak. Um, but just looking down those matches, I feel like he's gone into every single one of those matches as favourite. I mean, not taken away from him for, for, for getting those wins and, and particularly the two titles in Cologne. He's had to beat Adrian Manorino twice in that run, both, uh, both in deciding sets. So, uh, yeah, the, the Frenchman is a... He's a tricky player, you know, stubborn as you as you just described, and is um is a good way to describe Manorino. Um, yeah, just not lying down, but also not a player that has the weapons to to really um mix it with the top players consistently. Um, but yeah, I just think Vavrenka was excellent last night against Rublev. Um, you know, he took a, the racket out of his hand at points, and I think if he can reproduce that display, which at thirty five is a bit of a bigger ask than it is for some other players but I think yeah this will definitely go to three sets and I'm going to go for Vavrenka just to edge it moving on to the next semi-final and that's the informed Argentinian Diego Schwartzman taking on Daniil Medvedev another Russian player and it's also a three love head-to-head record in this one this time to the Russian player Medvedev um yeah, so uh, just just to run through their results so far, the tournament sportsman's beaten Gasquet and ADF Alejandro Davidovich for Kina in straights. Made very light work of the young Spaniard. I think he only dropped three games um, after, of course, ADF had knocked out one of my finalists, Karen Hatchinov, in the first round. And then you've got Medvedev, who um, managed to get past Kevin Anderson due to a retirement. He uh, lost to Anderson in Vienna last week, so I think that was... Um, Maybe a little bit of a, a, a lucky escape for, for Medvedev. He, um, yeah, I think it was sort of with serving the first set when the South African had to had to call it off and then managed to get past Alex Di Menor in three sets in, in his last match, which is an impressive win. Uh, you know, there's no shame in dropping a set to a player like Di Menor. Um So, yeah, Medvedev hasn't really hit the heights since um, reaching that US Open semi-final so impressively. Coming back onto the the smaller events on the tour, he hasn't quite managed to apply himself as, as well as he had been uh, maybe earlier this year or last year in particular. So the Russian will come in as strong favourite for this one, but you've got to give Schwartzman a chance, haven't you? For sure, yeah. Schwartzman, um, as well as Karenia Buster, who we mentioned, Schwartzman, I think, has been that player that's really... Um, 
really hit the gears after the lockdown and, and has been looking very good. We, of course, remember him at the French Open, um, really pushing Nadal in that semi-final uh, after beating the the two-time finalist uh, Dominic Thiem. Um, or is it three-time finalist? I'm not sure now, actually. Um, then, um, but, but that performance at the French has um, really... Um, really lifted Schwarzman, I think, because he, he's not a player that I would have backed much on a hard, uh, an indoor hard court. Um, he got to the final of Cologne the other week where he lost to Zverev in the final. That was off the back of uh, a win over Felix Auger-Aliassime, which, I, you know, who is a very powerful player and I think I definitely would have favoured on this surface. And, uh, and then, yeah, this week, uh, looking formidable uh, against ADF, uh, who he actually went three sets to be uh, in Cologne. He lost the first set to uh, ADF 6-2. Um, but yeah, he completely dismantled him. And I, even Gasquet in the first round is a very good win. I know Gasquet probably a little bit past it now, but um, a, a good indoor player, a, a good hardcore player, Richard Gasquet. So um, yeah, I, I think really encouraging for Schwarzman. I, I, even though I've got Medvedev to my final, I would... I'm, I may be thinking Schwarzman's got a chance here. I think Medvedev, with the head-to-head record, I, I, I think I've, I've probably got a bat Medvedev. Um, being it on this surface, we know what a brilliant end to the year um, Medvedev had last year. Um, so, yeah, I would um, I would really, really give uh, Schwarzman a shot at Medvedev, but I'm, I'm going to bat Medvedev. I'm going to go... Three sets again, though. Uh, I, I'm going to go for another tight match. Medvedev to grind his way through. Fair play. Um, um going to just disagree slightly. Um, even though I think Sportsman will compete very well and I think both sets will be close, I think Medvedev will have to play well and earn every game and every 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 set they can manage to take. But I do think he'll have enough to win it in straights, maybe. Maybe a tie-break in a 6-4 or 6-3, something like that. Um, but, yeah, I think the Russian might just have a little bit too much power on this surface, particularly um, on his own serve. Uh, so, on to the final, quarter-final, and this is the one that I really need to go well if um, if there, if I've got any hope, and that is Milos Raonic against Ugo Umber. Um I think it's quite a nice match-up, really, stylistically. It could be, it could be quite an interesting one. I'm not the biggest fan of watching Milos Raonic play, but... Ugo and Bear's been playing some exciting tennis in the last few weeks, so I'm, I'm, I'm quite excited for this one. They've never played before, so it's, it's their first meeting, um, which also maybe adds a little bit of spice into it. But Raonic is uh, this is um, the second quarter final, I think. Oh no, I'm wrong. This is the only quarter final that we've got exactly right from our predictions, um, as we both had Ugo and Bear to beat. Uh, Stefanos sits past the second seed, which came off, so a little pat on the back there. But he's also done very well. He's had a, he's had a tough run to the quarterfinal. He's beaten Kasper Ruud, Tsitsipas, as I've just mentioned, and Marin Cilic, all in three sets. So he's been in been in three tight matches and, and done well to, to make it this far. And, yeah, he looks in very good form on, on, on these hard courts. And he's the uh, only Frenchman left in the tournament. So if there's any kind of crowd there, which I'm, I'm not sure there is, but... I mean, a lot of people willing him on on his on his way into the to the tournaments. I'm sure he's getting a lot of support uh, over social media. 
And he comes up against Raonic, who hasn't dropped a set yet. The Alias Bedene in the first round, then Pierre Guesembert, and then Marcus Giron most recently. And Giron, a player ranked down in down in the 90s, I think, bad. Has had quite a good week beating Albert Ramos and Matteo Berrettini. Knocking out Berrettini, of course, ruled the Italian out of qualification for the ATP Tour Finals. And therefore means it looks very likely that Rub, well, Rublev is confirmed, but that Diego Schwarzman will take that eighth spot. The only possible way that I think that doesn't happen now is if Pablo Carreno Busta wins the Paris Masters and then Sofia next week. So obviously a, a huge, huge long shot. I'm sure Schwarzman isn't isn't particularly worried. Um, but yeah, but Raonic was able to get past Giron, who uh, who knocked out Berrettini in straights and uh, comes into this one with plenty of confidence. I'd think you know he's, he's done quite well since lockdown. Um, a little bit, he, he struggled really for consistency. Like I said before, he's he's uh, he got to the final of the Western Southern Open and then went out early in the U.S. Open with um, well, I think he lost to Vasek Pospisil and then. Did well in a tournament after that, and then has had a few sort of niggling injuries. But if you can throw everything into this tournament, you know, it's a it's a one thousand event after all. Should we see Raonic push on to to deeper stages? It'll be um, a nice little uh, point boost to keep him in that top twenty, top fifteen going into next year. So it's an interesting matchup. You've got Ugo and Bear to reach the semi final on on predictor. I've gone for Raonic. I'm going to have to stick with that. I think. The three grueling matches that Umber's had to get through against Rude, Sitsipas and Chilic might count for a bit here. And obviously sometimes it can be such a physical battle against Milos Raonic. I think the Canadian might just have enough to win it in straight. Yep, to be honest, uh, this is the only one where I probably have to change my original prediction because um, I... I'm, I, I am still on to get all four semi-finalists correct. Um, and so far, I've, I've stuck with getting them all correct. But uh, this one, I'm, I'm probably going to have to say that I reckon I'm going to be wrong. Uh, and and Ryanich will win this. Like you say, Ember has come through some really taxing matches. And Ryanich has looked very impressive. Had an easier run in than Ember. Uh, um, you know, Sitsipas and Chilich are, are two really tough matches, and Chilich um, had been playing really well. I can't remember. You might have just said I can't remember who it was. Um, Marin Chilich had beaten on the way, but he, he definitely had got a, a very good win below as well. I just can't remember. I think it was it Felix. Was the, say again. I think it was Felix in one of the earlier rounds. Yeah, yeah. I think you could be right actually. Um, and yeah, I think it was Felix. And um, yeah, Chilich a player who. I, you know, I've said the last couple of weeks, actually, I, I think on Chilich that you can never really write him off to sort of turn up at a tournament. And he obviously did this time around and uh, he gave him a really tough match. But um, yeah, I'd probably have to stick with Ryan Itch, but I might, I might go for three sets again. Um, I think Umber has got a lot in the tank and he's a player I'm really excited about uh, seeing go forward. Um, because the last few weeks winning the European Open and and playing well at this he he has looked he's looked razor sharp and he's got a, some, some excellent wins and I'm really enjoying watching his style I, I think before the European Open he was a player that although I, I knew quite a bit about him and, and sort of his rise up the rankings I probably 
couldn't say I'd really seen him play a lot. Whereas uh, the last few weeks, I've, I've got to enjoy quite a bit of him playing. And I, I think he is a really exciting player. But um, yeah, probably have to bat Ryanich in this one. Um, looking looking very, very good. And, and with that potential semi-final against... Uh, just trying to think which... Uh, it would be Medvedev, wouldn't it? Um, I think that could... Tight, uh, line up quite quite a good match, but uh, yeah, oh, I, I, I'm gonna go for Ryanich in straights. No, in three, sorry, not in straights, in three. All right, fair play, tracking back a little on your original prediction, but yeah, seeing the time on court that they've spent it is it is hard to see a way that Ugo and Bear can, can battle his way through this. Of course, the draws opened up quite nicely for for Ryanich to, to make it to this stage. Um, yeah, all three three players he's beaten are outside the top fifty. So um, yeah, you'd expect not not too much of a challenge from them. Of course, he's still come through them in straights. Um, just to look ahead to who your champion is, um, I'm going to throw a little spanner in the works. I think Paris has been quite unpredictable in recent years. You know, we saw Karen Hatchinov win it um, two years ago, I think. And so for that reason, with players preparing themselves for the ATP Tour Finals. I'm going to go for Milos Raonic to win the tournament. Um, I think he might be able to roll back the years if he can get past this match against Mbappé. Then he's likely to face Medvedev, who I feel like might have one eye on the ATP Tour Finals and also hasn't been himself really since the US Open. Went out to Kevin Anderson in straights at, at Vienna last week and Raonic, possibly a similar player you could say to Anderson, so maybe that might not match up too well. And then... Uh, I think he might face Nadal in the final, and then I can see him. I can see him getting through that one. So yeah, bit of a bit of a wild card opinion there. And uh, yeah, you're going to stick with your Sasha Zverev guns. I'm very surprised you're going for Ryanich to beat Nadal in the final. I just feel if those two meet each other in a final of a Masters, I just I make Nadal favourite all day long. Um, not having their head-to-head record up at the moment, I know. You're, you can look this up whilst I'm talking. I'm, I feel like Reinich has probably got quite a bad head-to-head record against Nadal. Um, I'll, I'll stand to be proven wrong on that uh, if, if Marcus does get an answer on that. But um, yeah, I, I think Reinich has a very good chance against Zambera, as I said, but I, I don't think he'll get through that semi-final with either. Medvedev or Schwartzman, to be honest. Maybe Schwartzman, but uh, I can't see Schwartzman getting past Medvedev. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm going to have to just stick with my original prediction, I think. Those where I've, you know, he, well, he had looked very impressive prior to that Manorino match, uh, getting through his previous round before that very comfortably. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with. I'll definitely be sticking with Medvedev to get to the final. I think it's very hard to work out out of Zverev, Ravrinka and Nadal who's going to make the final. But I think the winner of the tournament is going to be from that top half of the draw. So it's going to be either Nadal or Zverev. And I'll I'll, I'll stick with Zverev to to get through. But I'm, I'm hesitant. Fair play. Um, it's uh, 8-2 to Nadal, the head-to-head record, so <laughs> not too much for, for the Canadians to fuel some belief off. But yeah, there you go. There's our there's our little breakdown of, of, of the quarterfinals that lie ahead of us. And yeah, Michael sticking with his Sasha Zverev guns for the title. 
Um, so to end, finish off this episode, all that remains is guess the player. Okay, uh, I am asking Marcus this week uh, after I answered last week to Steve Johnson, I believe. Um, So yeah, this week uh, I'm going to say a slightly difficult one. Uh, Not as harsh as Marcus's Taro Daniel a few episodes ago, but um, I don't know if you can get much harsher than that. But yeah, I think this one could be interesting. So uh, Q... Clue number one, uh, of course, very vague. Uh, I achieved my career high ranking this year. Right, okay. The way you've bigged it up, I reckon that's someone that's come into sort of the top 80 or top 100. Um, Salvatore Caruso. Not a bad shell, uh, but no. Uh, two, clue two. Uh, in January, I lost in the final of the Qatar Open, which is a 250 tournament, to Andre Rublev, this being my first and only tour title today. So that's Rublev's first title of his five this year. He beat this person uh, in, in the final of the Qatar Open. And that's the only ATP tour final they've got to? Yes. Mm. Interesting. Still quite tough. Um, I think quite a lot has happened since January. It's quite hard to remember what happened. Yeah. I was going to say Garasimov, but he lost it to Vesely in in that uh, in the Pune final this year. He would have fit that career high ranking this year, I would have said. Well remembers. It can't be him. Because um, I'm pretty sure that's the only ATP Tour final he's got to. So... Maybe a younger player? Maybe not. Um, let's go for Alexander Bublik. No, nope, not Bublik. But again, probably not a bad guess. Uh, clue, oh, what one should I do? I reckon that might... I'll go for this one first. Uh, I don't know if it will help me that much. I am ranked 75th and my career high is 69. <sighs> Blimey. <laughs> Um, okay. Give myself a bit of time here. I'm aware that these three clues are not particularly uh, giving. Who's in the 70s? Um, okay. If Qatar is... A, uh, I'm not sure what surface that is. Tiago Monteiro is around that ranking, I think. So I'm going to go for him. Yeah, the Brazilian number one, Tiago Monteiro. I would, I don't know, I'd be surprised if Monteiro's highest rankings from this year, because I feel like he's probably, he's been around a few years now. Um, he's not Monteiro. Uh, clue number four, I reckon this might be a bit more of a clue. Uh, I'm 21 years old. Okay, that makes it a bit more interesting. I can think down the next journalists. Um, right. Okay. Corentin Mute. Correct. Well done. Very well done. I think they were 
three very harsh clues in there, and uh, there was still I still think there's a, there's a handful of players you could have probably gone for. Um, so yeah, well done. And, and clue number five was Iron French, and uh, I probably would have expected you to get that because even though there are a lot of French players, uh, there's probably only quarantine Mute who fits that uh, picture. But uh, yeah, that's your guest player this week, Quarantine Mute. Is there anything uh, you want to add on Quarantine Mute, Marcus? Has it provoked any thoughts? Um, he's quite good to watch. I've, I've um, followed him a, a little bit since he was quite young in some challenger events. I think he sort of broke into the top 150 as a sort of 19-year-old, so I got a little bit excited, but he's He's not one of those next-gen players that's had a big breakthrough. It's been gradual progress, really. He's sort of climbed from, would you say, he's now 75 from sort of 130 or 140 in the last two years. So gradual progress, but um, hopefully, I think I think he'll be in, in the next-gen finals this year. So maybe we'll get to see something interesting from him from him there. Um, that, that starts next Tuesday, I've just found out. So an uh, interesting formatted tournament. that. Um, can be good viewing so we could see Corinton Mute there but um, apart from that no I, I, he's not a player I envisage being in, in the top 10 any time in his career to be honest um, but you know he's a, he's a good player and a valued member of the tour all the same um, so yeah that's uh, that's my thoughts on this week's guest of player he is not going to be in the top 10 I will remember you saying that when Mute wins his first Grand Slam in the next few years. Now, I have to agree with you on that. Um, then I'll look forward to talking about the next gen in the weeks to come. I, I do notice Mute actually uh, withdrew this week from Paris uh, ahead of his match against Chilich. So I don't know much about that injury. Oh, uh, hang on. Here's some, some news from a couple of days ago. Uh, Mute tested positive for COVID. So um, he won't be playing at the next gen finals, I would assume. Uh, I wasn't aware that that was the case, but um, Quarantine Mute tested positive for COVID this week. That would have been a good little clue to have. Uh, So we wished him well. uh, And Unless he can test negative before the event. I'm not sure, like, the rules are quite inconsistent with uh, stuff like this. Uh, Yeah, I, I suppose with the... The sort of rules for us are 14 days for a contact, it's 10 days if you've had it. And if, when did you say the next gen final start? Tuesday. Yeah, you'd think it's probably a bit too soon, but maybe the players do get a little bit more of a leeway if they can test negative quicker. Um, so yeah, but uh, we wish Quarantine Muto well. And uh, that was your guess, the player. All right, then. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode. You know, we hope uh, the Paris quarterfinals and, and the end of the tournament lives up to this billing. And we'll be back early next week to look into the tournament in Sofia. And probably now we've just mentioned it, the next gen finals as well. Thanks for listening. <laughs>